Scott, thanks for taking the time as always. We appreciate it. Thanks, Jim. Well, uh, give us an update from what you know. I know there's one more full day of registration uh, tomorrow, both online, and there are some in-person opportunities for parents who uh, don't necessarily have uh, the best uh, Internet access. Uh, But we're getting down to the wire here. Uh, Do you have any indication yet as to how this is looking and what parents are saying about what they want for the coming school year? Yeah, well, first off, I'm very happy to say that um, registrations come in really well. Uh, We're seeing a lot more folks registering uh, than we usually do at this time. And obviously that's because a lot of folks want to kind of figure out what's going to what August is going to look like potentially. But it's uh, very helpful that people are registering. So if you haven't registered your kids yet, please go online or go to one of the on-site locations that we have set up and uh, be sure to register so we can get those numbers in. Um, They're continuing to come in very quickly. Um, We have... um, uh basically what I would say without because again they come in um, more and more every day I would say it's a it's it's pretty split between those who are interested in looking at remote uh, learning for the semester and those if there is an option for their students to come back to the classroom at least partially uh, through the semester that they are interested in doing that as well too so um, I think, uh, I guess it's, it's it's very split right now, uh, almost down the middle. You said if there is an option uh, for students to come back mm-hmm. to the classroom, D- does that mean that might not be an option for the coming school year? Yeah, I mean, there's a lot of variables here we're still dealing with. So when you go in the registration, it will say in there that the hybrid model is only available if it's um if it's uh, something that we can put together in terms of making sure the kids are safe. Um, if... Uh, the county's numbers continue to rise and we find ourselves in a position where we can't open up, well, then even if we have a hybrid plan ready to go, we're not going to be able to open up. So uh, we are planning for both options. Uh, There will definitely be a remote option for those who want it. And if we can make it work, uh, there will be a hybrid option for those who want to send their students to school. Now, that hybrid option would not be five days a week. For one, we wouldn't be able to handle that because we want to make sure we socially distance our students and our teachers. So we would not be able to have the full cohort there in the schools. So it would be um, a staggered schedule of some sort, probably two days a week in class. So even if you do get into the hybrid model and we open up our schools, you're going to be doing some remote learning this semester one way or the other. And Scott, that brings us to the, the things we hear most commonly from parents in the discussion about the possibility of remote learning. A lot of parents Parents express concern about, uh, I don't have child care for that. I have to work. How am I going to make sure my child is uh, is cared for and properly supervised? I'm concerned about Internet access. I'm concerned about having the right to hardware, the, the uh, broadband ability, so on and so forth. I want to have my child back in school around their friends. We hear all of these things. But, but here's the thing. If they're going to have to wrestle with some of that anyway, if there's going to have to be some remote component to this, uh, but then they also have to run the risk that they might expose their child to the virus or expose somebody else to the virus in that way. If we're going to have all of the inconvenience of remote learning anyway, why not have remote learning without the risk of the viral spread that going back into a classroom could pose? Because for many students, the, uh, the value of in-person learning is something that if we can provide to them, we want to try to provide that. And that's the same thing that the Illinois State Board of Education has said in their guidance. If in-person learning is available uh, and doable, even if it isn't five days a week, the school district should strive to be able to pull that off. That being said, we're not going to force in 
you know, a round peg into a square hole here. So we are working on that plan in order to have it ready if we want to use a hybrid model and if we can use a hybrid model at the beginning of the school year. That Even if we don't use it at the beginning of the school year, we're assuming that we're not. it's not going to be an on-off switch. We're not going to all of a sudden one day be able to all go back to school. We're anticipating it will probably be a phased-in approach. So even if we don't use the hybrid model right away, we will probably be using the hybrid before we get to five days a week like we used to. So we want to have that plan in place no matter what. Along with the, uh, the, the issues that you're talking about with child care, with ensuring that students have uh, a rounded education, those are all very important to me, which is why uh, I'm working with our administrators, my fellow board members, our teachers, to put this plan together so if it is feasible and if we can show that we're putting all the policies in place to make sure that we are mitigating any chance of spread of this disease, that we have that option available. But a lot of it's going to be out of our hands. We can put a masterful plan together, and if Sagamon County's numbers keep going through the roof, uh, it doesn't matter what we put together. We're not going to be able to open up. We're talking with Scott McFarland, president of the Springfield School Board. Scott, the last time we talked, there were a number of questions that at that time did not have answers. And I don't know if you're any closer to answering them now. One of the big ones is with masks. Uh, you've already said that the uh, that masks will be required for students and teachers in school all day. But one of the big question marks is, how do you enforce that? How do you enforce it for students who may say, I've got a, a health problem or the mask makes me anxious or students whose parents just say, I don't like masks. I don't want my kid wearing a mask all day. We're not wearing the mask. How, how will that be enforced? Well, first off, on Monday, we're going to be looking at the new uh, student handbook that we look at every year and masks will be a part of that handbook. Uh, and so every parent is going to sign off and every student's going to sign off on the idea that masks are going to be part of the dress code moving forward. Now, it's going to be a spectrum. Of course, if you have a kindergartner who every once in a while will tug on their mask, that can be something that you can work on corrective action-wise. But if it's going to be um, somebody who just refuses to wear a mask, they do not want to wear one or their, their family is not forcing them to wear one, then the, the action is going to be more severe to uh, up to a point where um, we have a remote option. So if you're not going to wear your mask, if you're not going to work with us to make sure you stay socially distant, we have a remote option for you. The Springfield Education Association has been surveying members, and they've actually this afternoon posted uh, results online as they stand right now. Hundreds of teachers have already responded to this, and of that, about 75% say they want to start the year with remote learning only. They don't feel comfortable going back into the school buildings, knowing where the virus is now, knowing the risk of contracting something, bringing it back home to family members, etc. 75% of teachers say they don't feel comfortable with that right now. Can the district accommodate teachers who don't feel like it's a safe working environment if they're told to go back into schools at this point? Well, I, I, I'm, that survey went out yesterday, so it's still being completed. So what you're saying is 75% of those who completed the survey are saying that, but, not but it's, 75% it's, it's, of our teachers. But it's hundreds, yeah. of, hundreds of people who have responded yeah. to that so far, almost 800 yeah. so far. So, And what we're looking at is we are going through our HR department, talking to every one of our employees individually. And those who have a medical concern, those who have uh, a family medical concern, 
those who have a child care concern, and those who just feel like they're not comfortable enough coming in, we're all taking that into account. I can tell you, based on the numbers that we're getting out of our HR department, uh, they currently are not aligning with what you're seeing in that survey. And I know I've seen that survey result, too. Um, but we're seeing different results. Now, does that mean that our numbers aren't going to come into a line after we've talked to everybody? It very well could. Uh, but... Um, I'm seeing in terms of the communication I've had with teachers as well as the, uh, what we're seeing through our HR department as they're talking to folks, that it's much more closely aligned to what we're seeing out of student registration, which again is about split. Um, we are working with our HR department to ensure that as much as we can, and we were just having a meeting with the union today about this, uh, as much as we can, if we do have a hybrid setting, those teachers who want to work remotely we're working with them to uh, ensure that they can work remotely up to an extent. Of course, uh, we're going to give precedence to those who have a medical reason or a family reason that they can't uh, work in the schools. But we're working to uh, try to accommodate everyone as much as we can. When when you say a medical reason, does it have to be, for example, a family member who has a, a, an illness right now? This is not abstract for me, by the way. Yeah, I, ha- no, I, I have yeah. I have two children and a girlfriend who are all teachers, and uh, and mm-hmm. I'm in a risk cat. I'm in a couple of risk categories, as a matter of fact. If they bring something home to me, uh, like I said, th- this isn't just a, a hypothetical or academic exercise in my case. Yep. So how how do you determine who actually has a legitimate reason to say I don't? Really want to be back in a classroom right now and i'm right there with you jim my wife's a teacher's aide so i completely understand uh to answer your question no it's not one of those words i have a fever and that's why i'm putting it in it is uh we're looking at folks who uh have in their family or them personally have some kind of medical issue that would make them more prone to have um uh, inherently uh, compromised immune systems and things of that nature. Uh, and again, the HR department, it's not like we're going in there and saying, you have to work, you don't. We're working with each of our employees individually to determine, one, if they uh, do want to uh, potentially work in a school, if we go to a hybrid model, and again, that's an if, and also those who want to go remote, we're working with them as well, too, to determine what we can do for everybody. Could the decision on hybrid versus remote be determined by the number of teachers that are willing to do this even more so than the number of parents? If you have half of parents saying we want kids back in classroom, but if you only have one-fourth of teachers willing to do that, does that mean it'll be a remote learning setup? Well, I, I, yeah, I think what it comes down to is we need to make sure that we have teachers available on both the areas if we're going to do that. So even if, you know, and this is not, this is just a number I'm using as an example, even if 60% of our uh, population wanted to go to school, if we don't have the facilities to socially distance 60% of our population or we don't have enough teachers, the socially distance 60% of our population, then we can't handle 60% of our population going back to school. Uh, so that's where we're going in, and we're again, we're working with each of our employees to determine what they are uh, interested in doing for the semester, and that's why we're also polling our, our families to determine where they would be interested in having their students go. And then we're going to try to align that as much as we can uh, if we are able to open our schools. If not, uh, then the remote option is always available. How concerned are you as far as liability for the school district? Should someone get sick? Should someone suffer severe consequences after having been back in a school building? Is the is the school district setting itself up for potential litigation? Will you ask people to sign waivers before returning into a classroom? 
Well, we're, you know, like every other organization, we're definitely talking to our lawyers to see what we can do in terms of that. But um, I think what we're doing is being proactive in order to do everything we can in the front end to where we don't need to worry about somebody getting sick. So that means we are following CDC and ISB guidelines to a T, making sure that there's no true personal contact, making sure that everyone is masked, making sure that everyone is spread out, making sure that if a kid comes in with a temperature or if an adult comes in with a temperature, they are quarantined until they are sent home or until they can be determined what's next for them. So they're not in the general population. Those are just a little bit of what we're putting together in policy to make sure that we are mitigating that as much as possible. Of course, you can't mitigate everything. And that's the, the world we're living in right now. But we're doing everything in our power to put policies in place to where if we feel it's safe to open up, we've done everything we can to ensure that the safety is number one priority for everybody going into those schools. Where do you stand right now in negotiating a memorandum of understanding with the teachers union to to put all of these things to codify them so that everybody knows what what exactly the ground rules are going to be? We are bargaining with the uh, the union right now, so I don't want to go into too many details about that. But I will say we were we have been meeting with the union uh, all summer, and we are working with them right now to put together uh, a series of plans uh, and uh, any kind of potential contract memorandums that we have to put together uh, for this year. We're working with them now on that. Is there any chance we could see a walkout as the IEA, the the parent organization, the SEA hinted at yesterday? Health and safety strikes. Do you feel like that's a, a possibility at this point? I don't believe so because, and I listened to the interview you did yesterday with the IEA, and I, I agree with her. Uh, the idea is if we cannot provide safe environments for our kids, then they don't want to put their teachers in that environment, and we don't want to do that either. So I believe what the IEA is talking about uh, is those districts who are going – uh, doing not doing what they need to do to protect their people. Uh, any school district that comes in and says masks are not going to be mandatory or we're going to have all of our kids come back to school, I would be one of those teachers on the front line of the picket lines if that was the case. But we're working closely with our teachers, working closely with our staff to make sure that safety is the number one priority. So um, if we get to a point where that is even a consideration, then – it's obvious that we're not safe enough to open up. So I don't see that happening. First day of school is not very far away. Could we wind up pushing back the start of the school year to buy more time to implement all of this and do it safely? We are looking at calendar dates as a potential option for us. Uh, and uh, that calendar will be talked about at the uh, the board meeting on uh, Monday. And uh, I anticipate, uh, barring any kind of uh, things I'm not aware of, we should be uh, voting on that calendar uh, on Monday. So people should know what the start date is. I will say it's not going to be a drastic move if there is a move, but we are looking at potential of uh, uh, moving that start date if we need to, uh, to both not only prepare for a potential hybrid model, but also make sure we get all the technology out to our kids uh, so that they're ready to go for the remote as well, too. Scott, again, there's one more day of registration here, and then you'll have the numbers that will be used uh, to base this plan upon. The school board meets Monday night. Will there be any advance look at the, the plan that's going to be considered Monday night before the meeting so that parents and taxpayers in the district can communicate with their school board member about their thoughts on this and that you can vote the, the, the wishes of your constituents? 
I, I hope so. Uh, again, we're working with her. We're working with our union right now to make sure uh, that they're on the same page in terms of the policies and procedures for putting together. So that's the one area where I just don't know what that timeline looks like. But I certainly hope that we can get more information out to folks before we vote on Monday. Uh, that being said, uh, I am getting um, hundreds of emails and phone calls about this and working to answer them all. So if we, anyone uh, has any concerns or has any questions on uh, your board member is happy to talk with you and answer uh, those questions as they come in. This is not a secret. Um, we're working on. Tra- Scott, are you still there? Oh, we lost you for a second. Oh, I'm sorry. I was trying to get away from my screaming son. Can you hear me? <laughs> yeah, I got you now. Okay. Yeah, I, I was just going to say that um, uh, we're working on trying to get that out to everybody. But your board members are always willing to answer your questions and concerns. I'm getting hundreds of emails and phone calls a day and working to get those answered for folks. And, you know, it's, it's basically what we're seeing. It's folks asking, well, can my kid go back to school? Or I don't want my kid going back to school. And working with those folks individually to answer those questions. So we're always available to you as well. Scott McFarland, Springfield School Board President. We appreciate the time. Thanks. Thanks, Jim.